You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is Silver Valentine, and you're listening to Profiles in CRM. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, episode 37. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. All right, we're here on Profiles, and here's the first question. What is your name, and who do you work for? Hello, so my name is Silver, Silver Valentin, and I technically work for my own self. Uh, I've started my own company, Environmental Experts, and I'm currently being subcontracted to another environmental firm. Uh, and uh, I'm currently working on a uh, prehistoric site uh, doing um, excavation. Okay, and how long have you been working in Sierra? I started almost 12 years in CRM. Um, I started archaeology 15 years ago. Wow, okay. So what is the position you usually have on CRM jobs, and what is the highest position you've ever held? You know, principal investigator, project manager, crew chief, things like that. Uh, Lately, the highest positions I've had were uh, cultural resource specialist, which technically varies a lot from job to job. Uh, It's a title that you see more and more, but the tasks vary depending Mm. where you're working, what the context is. Uh, The highest job I've held was a cultural resource specialist at uh, Camp Pendleton, the Marine Corps base of Camp Pendleton, but as a federal contractor, not as a government uh, employee. So I was contracted, it was a one-year contract, and uh, the job pretty much consisted in reviewing reports, uh, writing shippo letters, Mm -hmm. doing tribal communications, and um, also uh, sometimes doing spot checks for historical buildings. So is that more of a project manager type role or a principal investigator type role in the traditional sense? I would say it's more principal mm-hmm. investigator, um, mostly because you review reports that CRM firms do for, let's say, surveys yeah. on the base. Um, you get those reports, it's given to you. You go through it, usually the first draft, you make comments. Mm-hmm and uh, you send it back to the CRM firms to fix stuff or even to have them go back to certain areas, maybe to do more searching, more surveying. Um, But truthfully, I mostly did a lot of SHPO letters, uh, consultation letters, a lot of them, a lot. And it was 80% of the time standing in my cubicle, being in my cubicle, typing on the computer, 20% 20% of the time I was outside checking a different section of the base and so, yeah. Okay. And where have you worked? Uh, what states have you worked in? <clears throat> Mostly California and uh, obviously Nevada, together with you yes. Yes. <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> That's how we met. Yep. <laughs> um, those are 
the two states that I've worked uh, in CRM. After that, I've done archaeology in Peru, and uh, I've done some archaeology when I was younger uh, in France, too. Oh, you're from France. And I'm but, French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just my accent, you know, nobody knows that. But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, so here's the, uh, the fun questions. What is the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist? And it can be personal, professional, whatever you want. First, I would say that being in CRM archaeology in California, there are a lot of places in California I would have never, never gone if it had not been for CRM. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those places are fantastic places. Um, it, it really, CRM took me to areas of, let's say, the Mojave Desert that are breathtaking. Um, and truthfully, I would have never been there. If I had not been for CRM. Mm -hmm. um, two, it's um, the second thing that I really like about CRM is the, the people that you end up meeting uh, through the work. Obviously, the other archaeologists that work with you in teams, yeah. it, a lot of them are fantastic individuals, but um, the clients, the sometimes the people that work on the crews, on the construction crews, a lot of those people you end up knowing. Mm -hmm. And some of them you end up even seeing on other projects later on, like down, like two years down the road, you know, and they recognize you. Right. I mean, I even have instances where sometimes I go to the airport and suddenly somebody say, hey, Frenchie, you there? I'm like, and it's, nice. you know, it's one of the crew guys that remembers me from a project like three years ago and yeah. he's like you know he's all happy to see me and i'm like i'm, I'm happy to see him too <laughs> so i think it's really that social aspect of meeting so many people um that i, I really like you know? nice okay and what is the biggest thing that you would change that would make being a crm archaeologist better I think well, one of the issues that obviously comes up a lot in your podcast is uh, wage, uh, the, the pay wage, the, the pay rate. Um, I think that definitely needs to be improved. Um, not like, a, I mean, there's been, there's been a lot of projects I've worked on where I got paid pretty well. I'm, I'm not complaining, but there's also projects I've worked on where I got underpaid for the work that I was really doing even if it was then just being a field tech surveying. Uh, when, as you go into archaeology and yeah, you become cultural resource specialist, you start seeing the, the budget for those projects and you see how much is being charged per hour for field tech. And next you realize like, oh my gosh, I was only <clears throat> getting paid this. And I know that they were pocketing so much on me per hour. Right. And, and you realize, well, you know, this point where it, sh it should be a little bit more fair. Mm -hmm. And CRM archaeology is not easy, not at all. Right. Um, the people that do it obviously really love archaeology and they put in a lot of effort in, into, their into the work that they're doing, mm -hmm. you know, you don't really get slackers, or it's very rare. Right. Most of the people that are in there are really putting 200% of their energy into the work they're doing because they love archaeology. Yeah, the slackers don't last very long. No. Yeah. And for that, I think, you know, the, the wage should be, should be 
equivalent with the, the work that the people are putting in um, in the field. Um, I know people spoke about having a union, trying to, to set up something where wages would be at least at a minimum um, for everybody. Like, yeah. uh, like you're saying, like some companies are coming in in California and they're paying field techs twelve dollars fifteen dollars an hour yeah i mean that's just ridiculous right that's not right um so there should be a standard but how to enforce that that's a good question right you know, without having to make create a union yeah which is an option which is an option yeah. and and it is true that on a lot of those like let's say solar projects mm -hmm. You're surrounded by unions, yeah. and suddenly you realize that the only person that is not unionized is you, the archaeologist. Right. <laughs> and what is your career goal in CRM? It's the uh, where do you see yourself in twenty years? Well, maybe ten years in your case. <laughs> twenty years? Oh my gosh! I think I'll, I'll retire in twenty. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, that's that's. Uh, I would really, I, I would really like to move um, maybe into like Shepo itself mm -hmm. to s try to do some change at the state level on how archaeology is being implemented. Um, that's what I, I would really like to do okay. is uh, get into a certain position where maybe regulations could be changed. And one of the things that I really have in my head is really to, to change how um, archaeology is implemented throughout California. Um, I mean, maybe that's a dream on my part. I don't know. Maybe I'll get there, maybe not. Uh, otherwise, I mean, where I am right now, I'm pretty happy. Um, and it's true that you always have ups and downs in archaeology. Sometimes yeah. you get jobs that are like, well, you know, it's not fantastic. But other times you get projects that are like great and the money is good. So it goes back and forth. But I think any jobs are, are like that too, mm -hmm. you know. And um, even if I continue like that, that's fine. I, I notice more and more that I work with people that are like in their 70s, 70 years old and all that. And, and they still go in the field and survey and all that. So I'm like, hey, why not? Why not me? I hope I'll be able to still do that when I'm 70 yeah. or more, you know. Okay. Um, so hopefully maybe like a, a government position would be great uh, because it's stable, stable work, mm -hmm. hopefully. And you can hopefully change things, you know, on a bigger scale. Uh, if not, I'll still be in the field surveying and digging. Nice. <laughs> Either way, it's nice. good. Right, right. <laughs> okay, last question. If you could give an undergrad thinking about a career in CRM one piece of advice, what would it be? Well, obviously it's, it's nice to take classes in many different fields, you know, like, like I've heard before in other podcasts, you know, it's, it, you should maybe take a class in GIS, maybe you should take a class in geology, mm -hmm. maybe you should take a class in business law, accounting, all those aspects are very important. Right. Uh, obviously, when, if you start doing all that, at the end of the day, you're not specialized in anything. You are so spread um, that you're lacking 
a specialty. Right. And having a specialty is somewhat important because it gives you a little bit of a niche, a little bit of an advantage to uh, find work sometimes. Like for example, my initially my, my main training was human osteology. Uh, sure, I, I mean, I do archaeology, I survey, I excavate, I write shippo letters, uh, but many times I get into projects because I know human bones, I know how they look like, I can identify them, things like that. And it gives me that little, that little edge needed extra to get into that project, which is useful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wish you could, we could know everything, but we just can't. <laughs> uh, right now, personally, I would like I personally would love to know more about geology. So that's something that I would personally like to learn more about mm -hmm. and get a, a better knowledge in depth in it. But I, I, I fear that if I start doing that, I'll be like other friends who are geologists that I've worked with in the past. They know geology and one day they end up working for an old company and you never see them again in the field. Right. They're gone. So <laughs> it's a risk. <laughs> Um, I would say, you know, one of the things is like, f things go back and forth in CRM. So sometimes you, things, you, you might be very negative, you know, things might not be very positive, like the, the work situation might not be fantastic. But one thing that I always see is um, things change all the time and suddenly, you know, six months later on, one year after that, you'll get a really good archaeological job and suddenly things will be fantastic. But sure, they don't last forever. That's one thing about archaeology. It's like it starts and ends. You just have to get used to that, to that lifestyle. Uh, nothing is permanent, unfortunately. You just have to enjoy the moment. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.